the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the darkest days in history, yet we still call it Good Friday. From all of us at Grace Bible Church in Hayward and Way of Grace, welcome to our Good Friday edition of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Today we do celebrate Good Friday. It is that day that our Savior was nailed to a cross, crucified, and died. And it is indeed, as I mentioned, a celebration. Why? Because as we focus in on Golgotha and the cross of Christ, we see a very radical love and the application of this love to you and I. It is a look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and that is what we close the week out on here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Here's Jesse now with today's program. He says, not only according to, uh, according to the scriptures that he rose and that he was seen of Cephas, then he was seen of the twelve. Where? In the upper room where they was all waiting out in the upper room. You know that. That's every account of the gospel. Hanging out fearful, trepidatious. The first time Jesus went in, who's missing? Thomas. Because Thomas tripping, right? I will not believe this now. I, don't, I just don't believe it. All these years we're hanging out with him and the end result is that he dies, he's buried. I don't believe he's risen. Some of us could have been just like that. This is what I love about the gospel. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so glad that I don't have to keep the gospel, but that the gospel keeps me. I'm so glad about it because, you know, I mean, they had apostatized. They had left brothers and sisters. But Christ was gathering them back to him, even now, by his spirit. Go back to where you left off. I'll meet you at home. That's good. Cephas, and then the 12. The 12, what do you mean by the 12? Because Judas is gone. What do you mean by the 12? You remember what happened in Acts chapter 1? Peter rolls up, and he says, we got to vote for two. Matthias and uh, and Justice. And they got Matthias because the number 12 represents what? It represents spiritual government. You got to have a full number 12 for spiritual government, 12 tribes, 12 apostles. So the government is intact. When Jesus comes back, he has his government. It's intact. But not only that, he says they met with over 500 brethren. Look at that. And after that, he was seen of what? Above 500 brethren. Now, this is important, saints. I'm sharing with you the apostolic testimony. I'm sharing with you what Paul said occurred. Jesus made sure that Cephas or Peter got him. He made sure that the 12 got him. And then he hung out with 500 of the people of God. Stay with me now. Watch this. 500 of the people of God from Galilee all the way back down to Jerusalem. From Galilee all the way back down to Jerusalem. Y'all got a few minutes? 
I know my audience out there does. Christ was crucified on Passover. For a week later, that's called unleavened bread. What's the next major feast to take place? Pentecost. That's a 40-day gap. What is Christ doing? He's up in Galilee, back home again, showing himself to different individuals factually, credibly, tangibly. Doing what? Eating with them, talking with them, fellowshipping with them, confirming his bodily resurrection. All up in Galilee, all up in Capernaum. And you know what he does? After affirming for 40 days his real, substantial, factual, bodily resurrection, he tells 120 of them, head on down to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, you wait. You stay right there. Because in a few days, I'm sending the Holy Ghost, and you will be empowered to be my witnesses of the things I'm telling you. Do you see it? And here's what Paul says in closing with the apostolic testimony of his resurrection. He says, not only did Cephas see, not only did the 12, not only did, and 500 brethren, that's a lot. That's plenty enough for if Christ to have been a liar, if Christ was a crook, if he did not rise from the dead out of 500 brethren, somebody would have collapsed. Somebody would have said, you know what? I didn't see him. I'm just saying I saw him. Out of 500 brethren, particularly being persecuted by the Romans or being persecuted by the high priests or being pressed upon by the Jews, if it were not true that Jesus did not rise, that Jesus was not seen by them, somebody would have collapsed. Not one of them collapsed. Do you know why they didn't collapse, saints? Because Jesus rose again from the dead bodily. That's why. 500 brethren of whom the greater part was still alive when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And about AD 62, AD 63, they were still alive. 30 years later, they're still alive. AD 33 is the date that Christ was crucified. It was April 3rd, Nisan 14. I'll establish that in the book of Revelation. More material, I've laid it out, it's beautiful. But some 30 years later, 29 years later, stay with me now, 29 years later, Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that the vast majority of the 500 brethren who tangibly saw the Lord still alive. Ooh, that first century is amazing. That first century is amazing. Most of the apostles are dead. They're dying. And your brethren were still alive some 20, 20, 29 years later. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, she saw him. Yeah, we saw him. From Galilee to Capernaum to Samaria to Jerusalem. Do you see it? And then he says here, and last of all, and after that he was seen of James. James the Apostle. Now we could easily affirm that in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 50, but we won't. I believe the testimony. Now, James becomes one of those last of the brethren that become an apostle for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was around during all that time, but he's now just brought into a confirmation of the fact that Jesus rose again. What an amazing and remarkable thought that Jesus for about 40 days, according to Acts chapter one, would show himself having risen from the dead with what are called infallible proofs. The translation infallible is not there. The word really is many proofs. For 40 days, Jesus is popping up to prove that he had risen from the dead by more than just the 12, over 500 brethren. 
Over 500 brethren now scattered all over Capernaum, Galilee, and now Jerusalem. Because they've, they've witnessed the risen Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this testimony. And then we read over in verse 8. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Do you see it? As one born out of due time. You guys know the account. The Apostle Paul is the one preaching here. He's letting the church at Corinth know if you abandon the resurrection of Christ, it all unravels. He's letting them know the apostolic witness of the fact. If you deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're making Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Justice, all of the rest of the apostles rank what we would call just absolute abominable liars. You're making Mary a liar, Mary Magdalene a liar, Mary the mother of Josie a liar. You're making the 500 brethren who saw him liars. And then Paul says, I saw him. You're making me a liar. All these people who have not only preached the gospel to you, but many of them have died for that gospel they preached. He is risen. You're making them liars. That's the very goal of the devil. To cause the incontrovertible witness of scripture and the incontrovertible witness of those who are truly born again to deny that testimony. So while I'm before you, as we're getting ready to consummate this, 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 this time, here's what I want you to think about by way of application of the glorious gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the scripture saints. Here's what I want you to think about. Here's point number seven. These are just things I want you to reflect on. The radical love in its application. Is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ a radical love? Was his death a radical death? Was his resurrection a radical resurrection? It was. Radical meaning that it impacts you from the inside out. Does this rain from heaven prove to be a radical love? Does the Holy Ghost work a radical love in your heart because of the resurrection of Christ? Yes, it does. The people of God have been suffering at the hands of wicked and ungodly men for almost 2,000 years because of the radical love of God in our heart. The radical love of God in our heart. You and I suffer on so many levels because we are identified with Jesus. Well, here's the thing that Paul would let you and I know. He would let you and I know that this radical love in its application should express itself in these four ways. The resurrection of Jesus Christ should be repeated in our lips as frequently and as uh, uh, often as it can possibly be declared to men and women that would ask us about Jesus Christ. In other words, be evangelical about the resurrection of Jesus. Be evangelical about the resurrection of Jesus. Affirm for yourself whether or not you believe Jesus rose again from the dead. That's Romans 10, 11 and 12 is very plain, right? With the mouth we confess, from the heart we believe that God raised him from the dead. And then be evangelical about it. Be ready not only to talk about his incarnation, not only to talk about his atonement, but his resurrection. Because his resurrection is the only hope for glory that we have. And that's where the offense is going to really come. He rose. I don't believe that. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. He rose. Be evangelical about that. Here's the reason why I want you to be evangelical. Because the Holy Ghost is going to use your commitment to the reality that you believe he rose again from the dead. Because he, he's the, that's the capstone. 
That's going to pour out the pinata of blessings upon a soul. Jesus rose again. Jesus rose again. That's the wisdom of God. Would you please hear me, children of God? He rose again. You and I have to be evangelical about it. He rose again. I'm telling you, the churches are not believing in the bodily resurrection of Christ. They're not. And they can play gospel using biblical words, hollowing out their meaning and sound like they're believers. But the reality is he came for real. He died for real. He rose for real. He ascended for real. He's reigning for real. And we believe in a real bodily resurrection of the God man who was born in Nazareth, Jesus Christ. So we want to be evangelical about it because he told every one of his disciples, go tell them I rose again. Secondly, we want that gospel to be responded to in the heart of everyone that hear it effectually. Effectually. I love the way Acts 13 verse 48 puts it. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. They believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just a beautiful truth. We want that to happen, don't we? Every time we preach the gospel, expound the gospel, declare the gospel, sound the gospel out, sing the gospel. I just love the nature of the gospel because you can bring the gospel in all kinds of forms. In all kinds of forms. That's what we're trying to do. Sound that thing in all kinds of forms. Bring the gospel in all kinds of forms. But as you bring it, make sure that as you boldly declare his justification, his atoning sacrifice, you boldly declare his definite resurrection bodily in order to affirm all of those blessings that it might be responded to effectually. Thirdly, that it might be redemptively impactful. What do you mean by that, pastor? Paul, Peter put it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 23 this way. I'm going to read this. This is what I mean by redemptively impactful. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Redemption does not come through silver and gold. And it does not come through your vain lifestyle. And it does not come through the tradition of your fathers. How were you redeemed? Look at the next verse but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's the price. We talked about that before, didn't we? Sinless substitute, righteous redeemer. Righteous redeemer. Look at the next verse. Watch it again. Here it is. Verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 120. Who verily or truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Was he the lamb slain from the foundation of the world? Before God created the world, he had a redeemer. He had a substitute. He had a lamb. Before he created you and I, he, you and I, he knew you and I would be what? Sinners. A savior before a sinner. A redeemer before rebels. Isn't that good? God had already had an answer for our hellishness. And a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Watch this now but was manifested in these last times for you. There may be one or two or five or 10 or 20 or 30 out there in that audience for whom Christ now is being manifested to you in the preaching of the gospel. I'm happy for it, happy for it. It happened to me almost 40 years ago. I was 
sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, walking around in the blackness of sin, never ever seen the glory and splendor and the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody preached the gospel to me and my eyes began to open and I, my heart began to hunger after him. And the next thing I know, I'm being drawn to this Jesus I don't understand. That's why we do what we do. That's why we labor the way we labor. Because one day, one of y'all out there who don't see him like we see him now, the Lord will open your eyes and just obliterate the darkness of your heart. He'll be manifested for you. Manifested for you. This lamb who before the world began, before creation was brought into being, before order, before structure, before government, before humanity, the creatures high, creatures low, sea creatures, land creatures, before all the generations that led up to you, there was a lamb who stood with the father before the world began saying yes to you. He's manifested maybe today for you. Listen to it. He was manifested in these last times for you. Verse 21. This is what I mean by redemptively impactful. Who by him? That's you. Do you believe the gospel? You by him. Who is it him? Jesus. Do believe in God. Do you see it? Can you see John chapter 14, 6? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by him. Is Jesus your way? Is he your truth? Is he your life? Is he the lamb that brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Watch this now. Watch it. I want us to go back to our text, please. Back in 1 Peter chapter 8, verse 21, I believe it is. Who by him do believe in God? Now hear it, saints. Here it is. That raised him from the dead. See? Do you see it? Do you see how consistent and persistent the apostles are about this thing called the resurrection? Wish I had time. You can't read anywhere in the New Testament where they preached Christ, where they did not put the capstone of his resurrection in their preaching. It, it becomes the point of argument. It becomes the grounds of dialogue. It becomes the means by which the spirit takes the sword and pierces the heart and separates the light from the darkness, the elect from the non-elect, the sheep from the goats. Did he rise? My soul says yes, because the scripture says yes, because the Holy Ghost has showed it to me that Christ is risen again. And because he's risen again, I'm good to go. I believe that. Now listen to the ethical implications of this redemptive impact in our lives. Listen to it. It's verse 21. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. That your faith and what? Hope might be in God. There it is again. This is the same Peter that said back in chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of the dead. See it? The resurrection. I want your head to be messed up with the resurrection for the rest of the day. I want it to penetrate your soul for the rest of the week. The resurrection from the dead. The resurrection of the son of the living God. The resurrection, the bodily resurrection of the God man Jesus Christ is everything to our salvation. Listen to what he says in verse 22. 
Since, since by him we have hope in God, seeing you have what? Purified your souls and obeying the truth, the truth of the what? The gospel. Through the spirit unto what? Unfailing love of the brethren. Your love and my love for the brethren has everything to do with the resurrection of Christ. See it? Why? Because we've been made alive again unto a living hope. That living hope has characteristics to it attributes. There are people who live in this world because of the resurrection of Christ. We live in obedience to the gospel. We live in hope of the gospel. We live in thankfulness of the gospel. We live in expression of the gospel. If it wasn't for Christ rising from the dead, we'd be hopeless people, miserable people, toe up people. And our names wouldn't be written on the Lamb's book of life. We wouldn't be citizens of glory. We'd be citizens of hell, acting like citizens of hell. But because your citizenship is in heaven, from which you look forward to the coming of your glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that you can be made just like him, we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ bodily. It impacts my life. And finally, not only is it repeated, evangelically responded to effectually, redemptively impactful in our lives, but it's revealed biblically and scripturally. I want you to get this. The only reason the Holy Ghost is working right now in some of your lives is because we're opening up the book and explaining from the book who Jesus is. I love it, don't you? Isn't that what our master did? Luke chapter 24, rose again from the dead, rose again from the dead, met the two boys on the road to Damascus, took the scriptures out of their hand. And as they walked to the house, uh, a mess, he opened up the scriptures and began to explain in the scriptures all things concerning himself, beginning with Moses and the prophets. So the scriptures become a critical part of the authority of our testimony that Christ rose again from the dead. Don't ever separate your Christian experience from the scriptures. And in fact, the apostles, wherever they went, guess what they did? They preached the scriptures. Acts 17, verse 3. This is the way the apostle does it. In Acts chapter 17, verse 3. Then I'm going to look at 2 Timothy 4, 1. Then we're going to observe the table and go home. Now watch this. Acts chapter 17. What was Paul doing, saints? Opening and alleging that Christ much needs have suffered and what? Risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is the Christ. This book is a hymn book and it's about him who loved us and gave himself for us. He died on the cross on Friday. He laid in the grave all Saturday. And then he rose again on Sunday morning. As y'all know, with all power and authority in his hand. And he gave everyone who believes on him the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Declaring that we observe everything that he has stated. Baptizing men and women in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost. And he said, what? Lo, I am with you. Even unto the end of the world. I love it. I love it. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. It doesn't really matter what other people say. 
I've heard him with my own ears and I've seen him by faith. My soul is raised to life again and in his name I wait. My soul is raised to life again and in his name I wait. One day he's coming back again. I'll see him face to face. I'll fall before this lovely one who saved me by his grace and cry with the redeemed of God who stands before his throne. To Christ belongs all praise and glory and unto him alone. I'll cast this blessed crown he gave before his bloody feet and tell the world he did it all. He did it all. He did it all, and he did it all for me. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510 886 9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.